Alright guys, so this is episode 2 of Ramos Ramblings, and that is a new name. Uh, it's a user submitted name, so a friend gave me that name and he said, it's great because it gives you license to ramble. And so, I kind of like it, I think it's memorable, we'll use it for now. Um, today's episode is about the idea of business validation and how much should you validate your business idea, should you validate it, and um, this is going to surprise some of you because particularly based on stuff I was saying last week about, you know, how to decide if something is a good investment. And to me, that's a little bit different question, but because I think if you're choosing between start this idea that has no validation or passion, I think passion wins out. And the reason I say that is I'm sure there's people and I think we know all know people that you know, they kind of don't mind where they work as long as it's a stable paycheck or maybe they just really like an industry and they're not particular. But I think if you're talking about passion at all, uh, and a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, are passionate about something. At that point, if that doesn't win out someday, I think you're going to be unhappy or, or not totally happy until passion does win out. And so... um I should probably mention what this idea of validation is, and it's seeking evidence or um, for your business or fully vetting the business idea before you do it. And I think um, I'll get to w what my opinion is a little bit later, but the reason it came up is I went to a seminar or workshop on business idea validation. And there was a young guy there who he wants to do one day a fashion company or a clothing company. And immediately he was getting all kinds of advice. And I think I was even giving advice like, oh, well, you should focus on one type of item. Or somebody else was saying, have three items and have them charge this much. And other people were like, well, you should test your idea X, Y, and Z. And you should take pre-sales beforehand. And he was kind of, um, I don't want to say he didn't like the advice, but I felt like his passion was telling him something different. You know, he was saying, I want to do lots of different types of products. And I, for me, it's not about, I don't want it to be this scientific process. Um, and the idea of this seminar and the business validation in general, it comes from, um, there's many names for it. A big popular one right now is called Lean Startup Methodology. And Lean Startup is a book by a Harvard professor. Um, and also agile development, which is used by engineers or programmers. And both of them have this idea of we're going to make little changes, minimum viable concept. What's the smallest thing we can do to test our idea? In other words, bringing the scientific method to business. And another one is called Stanford Design Thinking. And I think there's some value. There, there could be some value to it, but I think... Um, you know, if your passion's telling you to do one thing and the whole world is telling you to do another, I think, I don't want to tell someone to risk their entire retirement easily or haphazardly, but like I said, I think passion needs to win out. And I have a story about that in my own life. Um, this is, this is a story about validation. Uh, in about 2011, I went to Gator City in Gainesville, which is kind of like a sports bar, very popular, or it was at the time, it used to be very popular. And I went there with my friend Josh, and as I remember it, he came in and he said, 
um, hey Anthony, I want to do this business idea, or I had this idea for an app um, that when you come into Gator City or any other bar, you go on your app and you do like a red flag, or you, you pick a color, and that color lets other users see you as this person is single, this person is taken, this person is looking to hook up. And they can see that if they just open their app, and it'll tell them everyone at the bar that falls in those three categories. And I said, and I think he might have even considered like having, maybe it's a machine in the bar that you can do that, um, a touch screen. And I said, you know, that's kind of too complex. What if it's just an app that tells you all the single people in the bar? Um, and so we came up with Tinder um, in 2010 or 2011. I hope Josh remembers that conversation. And I wasn't super passionate about it. So I don't think I would have done it regardless. Maybe I'm dumb. Maybe my passion led me wrong there. But this is what happened when I tried to validate that idea, just casually. So I asked some female friends, what about this app? And it tells you the single people who are around you so that you can get dates. And the first reaction I got from several females was, ew, I do not want that. I do not want people to know where I'm at. And it was, I mean, it was visceral because, and that was the big, that's why I asked women. We all know guys want to be on it, um, but women were more concerned about their safety. And so they didn't want to be on it and they didn't want to be approached by men that they hadn't, maybe the word could be pre-screened or, you know, every woman's probably different. Some wanted to, or at least they told me, you know, they prefer to meet men casually or through friends or organic, organically. Um, but so I got a very, I got bad validation on that idea. Now we all know what ended up happening is that Tinder became a business. And one of the ways that Tinder got around this is I actually haven't used it in a long time, but, um, Tinder doesn't actually show you who near you is single. I think the default setting when you open the app is like 25 miles around you. I remember opening Tinder one time in Gainesville and getting people showing up from Jacksonville. So it really does not, I think you can set it to be like a kilometer, but it really, in other words, Tinder is not showing you who you could visually see right now. That's probably unlikely. It's showing you people in your town. And it's kind of like Uber. Uh, Uber for a long time told people that, you know, that it's telling you where the car is, but, and I haven't used Uber in a long time, but apparently it hasn't been accurate for as long as uber's been around maybe it's gotten more accurate but for years it was not accurate so but my my point kind of is um validation seeking validation kind of really led us astray there maybe somebody would have said you know that's why you needed to iterate on the idea come up with new versions of the idea well and that's where passion comes in i was not passionate so I guess that's one of the first reasons that I think passion is big for me is if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to stick with it. That's my opinion. Um, maybe some people, once you're in the thick of it, you're going to stick with it to not endanger your employees, your family. But I think a lot of people, just to, just to be able to start this whole mess of entrepreneurship, I think there's going to be a core of passion. And maybe it's just about things you hate, like you don't want to work for others. Um, so that's my personal story about validation, but also, uh, there's, you know, Steve Jobs did not seek validation for the Macintosh. Um, I guess my understanding of the story about it was he was getting blowback internally from the company on it. Um, and the company didn't even want to release it. Scully fought him on the price, etc. 
Um, and certainly, he was doing so many things that were so new that how could you validate it other than through maybe surveys? But um, so so I don't. And Jobs is the one that's famous for saying people don't know what they want. They need to be told what they want, and then they'll realize that they like it. I don't remember the whole saying, but to some degree, I think that's true. I think you know, Mar- Apple may do market research that we, they don't tell us about. But I think Jobs just had great taste. And that's one of the things that... So when the when the guy in this seminar said that he is interested in fashion, I pointed him to um, a talk I heard about luxury brands. It's actually a talk called um, The Four Horsemen of the Digital Apocalypse. But he the, it's a marketing professor from NYU Stern. And he has a slide in there that has the, the five criteria for really luxury um, brands and and in this instance, luxury just means brands that can charge a markup, a premium. Because clothes, there's tons of competition. It's a commodity, you know. It's all made in China. So what people are paying for is is the brand and for status. And so that makes it most closely. So it's closer to luxury goods than to a tech company, let's say. So one of the criteria for fashion brands is to have an iconic founder. And so um, Steve Jobs is definitely that. But you know, Mark Zuckerberg didn't seek validation. He didn't do one of these, he didn't walk around campus. I'm sure he didn't walk around campus and ask people, hey, do you think if I made this app Facebook that people would use it? No, I'm sure he just built it. And there's some ideas that are easier to do this with than others, but you get my idea. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't have validation. So what I mean by that is there were signals from the market already that they could have observed. In Zuckerberg's case, he'd made that thing, that joke website, I think he called it Face Smash or Face Smash, but it was basically like a hot or not um, that had an algorithm and maybe used Harvard students, I, I, I can't remember, from the Harvard Facebook, which was an actual paper book that they disseminated. But so, but he didn't make Face Smash because he wanted to validate the idea of Facebook, which is what somebody like Eric Reese, who wrote The Lean Startup, would tell you to do is make this tiny product to validate Facebook. And you could say he took some of the principles, but um, to build Facebook, which is like, you know, start with, start with small feature set. I think Eric Reese actually tells you to start with one feature. Um, Facebook probably started with, you know, you got a profile, and I think you could leave messages on people's wall. I think maybe it launched with a wall. Um, it, it had at least one or two features in there. You could friend people and you had a profile. There you go. That's two features. But anyway, um, here's my whole thing on the science of business. I wish I could tell you it was a science. But I've never... I Right now on my phone, I have about 50 podcast episodes that are interviews with founders. And never even once have I heard someone say when they were asked, How, how's your, how'd you start your business? Oh, I read this book called uh, Lean Startup and I figured out I need to test this idea I'm having. No, I've not even one time have I heard someone saying, oh, I had this whole elaborate scientific process about my business idea. No. Now, does that mean that they were ignoring the data and the evidence that was out there? No. I mean, a lot of times it was based on their environment. The most common story I hear from business owners is like, I was working in this field already and I noticed that there was nothing doing X. So I made X and there you go. 
And you could say that that's validation because they probably had heard complaints from customers at their job. Um, maybe they just read about it. So that can be a form of validation. But on the other hand, you know, there was, I don't know, when, when Steve Jobs built the Apple IIe, or he didn't build it, but when his team built it, I'm sure the market was not, not everyone, most people didn't know what you would need a computer for. If you had asked them, do you need a computer? If he'd gone and surveyed his friends, not computer geeks, which existed, but his friends, a lot of them probably would have said no. Had you asked a bunch of people before MySpace, do you want to friend total strangers on the internet? I bet you, you know, it depends. It, this goes down the sampling area and st- error in statistics, but a lot of them would have probably said no. So I think maybe if you're passionate enough, I guess that's what I'm saying. If you're passionate enough and you still don't have validation, that's time for a gut check. And you need to ask yourself, like, are you going to be regretting not doing this on your deathbed? And I guess for me on that dating app idea, not that I even think because execution counts for a lot. So let's say I had started that dating app. There's no guarantees. In fact, it's highly unlikely I could have executed well, particularly being in Gainesville. But I was not, that was not on my mind at all. It was just a fun idea conversation with a few friends. Um, So passion, I think, I don't want to say it's essential, but I think if your choice is between validation and passion, if passion is important to you at all, it's probably going to win out. And I don't want us, I think that's why I'm harping on this. I don't want us dissuading. So for instance, I didn't want us to dissuade that kid who wants to start a fashion brand and to, and tell him, well, you don't have data. You don't have hard data that your fashion brand could work. What I noticed about that kid was the first, before I even knew he wanted to start a fashion brand, I said, you have awesome shoes. And then I noticed his backpack. So he has something. I think that speaks to that iconic founder. And so I think he needs to follow that passion. Some of the things I said about the investment, um, whether the porn industry is a good investment is, um, some of my friends who started businesses get some of the best jobs. I mean, it's a huge resume. So it's like, even when their business doesn't succeed, they gain something. Now I'm sure some of those lessons are much more painful than others. So if you start a restaurant that fails, it's probably a lot more painful than if you code something from scratch for free. And I understand that. And you should be aware of these signals. And if there's a way, you know, if you have a t-shirt idea, you can put it up on Facebook and ask your friends if they like it. But if you're passionate enough about it, you need to ignore your friends. That's my opinion. That'd be my advice to my friend. Two more quick anecdotes. Um, The, uh, there's a podcast I was listening to and it's called The Pitch. And The Pitch, it's about business pitches. And, you know, it's, it's like Shark Tank, Shark Tank in podcast form but for real startups. And I say that kind of condescendingly, but I mean like tech startups, I've only listened to like three episodes and two of them they've sold to Amazon. I mean, their product costs $450,000 kind of startup level. So um, the episode I listened to, which was, um, it was about this guy, and this is the anecdote. Um, He had this idea for a smart mirror and we've all, or many people have that idea, but he already has a prototype and what he wants to do is put it in hotels. And with it, you could do things like order room service, play games, and he even had a demo where if you're in Vegas, you could actually be gambling in your hotel room. And they really liked it and it was it's a prototype. He has a working product and I'll get to that in a sec. Um, 
and immediately they start asking him questions and they's like, well, why did you do this? And he said, I grew up in hotels. Both my parents are restaurant managers and, uh, I would, uh, spend countless nights watching TV and ordering room service in hotel rooms waiting for my parents. So he has, I know the industry inside and out. I have a lot of passion for it. I think this could really change the industry. Um, it could help rest, uh, hotels monetize people when they're in the room and spend more money at the hotel, use more of the services. And they said, well, do you have a customer yet? And he goes, I do, but it's in retail. Interestingly enough, his one customer is in retail. And so they said, who? And he said, well, it's Tommy Hilfiger and we have a deal with them. We're in their store of the future. I forget where it is, some big city. It's like Chicago, New York, or San Francisco. I think they have two. And um, they said, wow, what does it do? And he goes, well, it's a dressing room mirror and you can actually order the sizes of the product you're trying on. You can get a different size and somebody will bring it to you. And granted, that sounds awesome. But when they heard that, they immediately started saying, you need to do this. You need to change your idea from hotels to be retail. And he didn't like that idea. He's really passionate about the hotels. And the rest of the, actually most of the podcast is them trying to convince him to do retail. And I have a few flaws with that or problems with that. I don't know who's right. It's hard to know the future. But I believe this. If he's not passionate about retail, then there might be somebody who is who's more qualified to be leading an idea like that. And maybe they should be leading it. And it actually got, I don't want to say insulting, but he said to them, I feel like I'm trying to make an iPhone and you guys are trying to tell me to make a Blackberry. And one of the ladies on the panel was insulted, one of the investors, and said, shame on you. And I don't know, I totally understood his response because they were telling him that his his idea was not validated. They And they later made comments like, I'm skeptical of this in hotels for various reasons. My thing is, I thought what they were doing was wrong. I, I felt like you should respect that somebody has a creative difference with you. At some point, this isn't a science. It's not like he's saying, looking at an experiment and saying that the specimen weighs two pounds when clearly the scale says one. This isn't objective. This is subjective until, you know, until the business goes out of business. But, and yes, financially, it probably made sense for him. And he was said to continue the retail thing, but his heart was telling him to do something different. You could tell it was important to him. I can already tell that that man will not be happy until he gets a chance to do this ideas in hotels. And maybe that means he means he needs to focus on it and finance it from his retail operations. But if that's the case, I think he needs to do it. What he doesn't need is some people telling him that it'll never work in hotels because they don't know. And that's the other thing about these pitch competitions. I've been to them. Every single investor at a pitch competition says something different. And guess what? No one knows who's right. They're all right. Maybe none of them are right. Their advice is, I don't want to say always, occasionally there's similarities, but it's often extremely different. So there's no way to know who's right. There's no way to know. People go, well, the guy with the best track record. Well, you know what? I heard it put this way. In any group of 10,000 money managers, you'd expect there to be a few Warren Buffetts. In other words, just like at the casino, a few people won big. Most people lose, but a few people win big. Now, does that mean that they understand gambling more than you? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. You don't know. It's very hard to know. Is this a guy who got lucky or is this a guy who's just more genius than everybody else? And then there's one more. This is another personal story on validation. 
Um, I started a business with my dad um, probably like five years ago now. And it's still actually, wow, six years. And it's it's going strong. It's still going well. Um, better than ever. And I'm really proud of it and him. And I think they do great work. Um, I actually, going in, I kind of wished, at least after we started, I kind of wished that we'd done a little more validation. Maybe my dad had run some of these numbers. And I know he did some. And I know he picked the industry carefully. But I started running numbers. And at least the numbers, questions like, you know, how many customers are there in this market? And what is their average income, and etc. And I was getting data that I could get off the internet. And it was not painting a pretty picture. And so if I had followed scientific business advice, so to speak, um, I wouldn't have done the idea had I been the person in charge. I'm pretty confident that I would have said this is a bad idea. Um, and so I'm almost grateful on the one hand, it may be nervous that I at least had not done that validation yet when after we had already started the business. But on the other hand, looking back, I'm kind of glad we ignore, either ignored it or didn't do it because it's going much better than the data I had would suggest. Now, maybe that means we're an outlier. Yeah, it probably means we're an outlier. But you don't know if you're an outlier. So the guy that made the first perfect example, touchscreens versus thumb pads, the iPhone. In other words, the iPhone versus existing Blackberries and smartphones. The common wisdom in the industry was you need a thumb pad. You need a touch keyboard, the kind with the keys that you can physically press and go clickety-clack, thumb thumb keypads. Um, everyone thought that. I thought that. I, I think you could easily say the majority of people said, no, 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 no. You can't build a smartphone that doesn't have that keypad. There was nobody else I'm aware of in the industry. I think maybe, okay, actually, I think HP made a touchscreen smartphone, but it wasn't bought by many people. So that's even the opposite of validation. That's the market. Nobody bought that HP phone. So that's the market saying this product sucks. Touchscreens suck, but Jobs did it anyway. And I want people doing that. I don't want people... Now, I want them to be people who are passionate. You know, I don't want them... Don't shoot yourself in the foot if you can avoid it. But sometimes I don't know if you can, but my point is we all benefit from people who are taking risks like that. And it's easy for me to say because I haven't had to take a risk like that. But I am glad that there's entrepreneurs out there listening to their passion rather than listening to their friends or a survey of random buyers. Imagine if job, would you pay $2,500 to buy the Macintosh computer with a point and click interface, which nobody had ever heard of? Who knows what results he would have gotten out of a room? Maybe he did it and didn't tell us. But I think he probably, he asked one group of 50 people, you get 50 that say no. You ask another group, you might get 50 that say yes. It could be all over the place. I'm glad he didn't validate it. Or he probably didn't, you know? So that's how the world changes is people doing things that others think can't be done. And I'm going to get blowback saying that this isn't what validation is. I understand um, there's multiple levels of validation. There's validation of listening to your customer. There's validation of just trying to reduce your risk by asking people, how many of my friends want to buy this? And it's whatever you're comfortable with. But I don't think business is a science. If it was a science, um, it wouldn't be so risky. Businesses wouldn't go out of business. So um, risk can never be fully eliminated. 
that's what I was harping on with the porn industry podcast previously. And it's kind of what makes me say, go with your passion at some point, someday in your life, if passion is important to you. So, and I hope that you do it. I hope that you can do it safely. Um, and I hope that you have success. And even if something fails on you, I hope that you, you know, I hope you get a killer job because of or the experience or context you learned, or I hope that you find a better business you're more passionate about. Um, so anyway, guys, thank you for listening. I enjoy talking to you. And if you ever have any thoughts or you want to ask me to podcast on something, um, feel free to let me know. All right. Have a great day. Goodbye.